Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. Uh, my name is Kevin Clark, and I'm with the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. And with me is my colleague, my brother in Christ, and my friend, Brother Bob Hutto, who's been the preacher here uh, for quite some time. And of course, as you know, those of uh, you have tuned into this podcast for a while, uh, we have been going through this concept of being holy and pursuing holiness. And specifically, we've been looking at being holy in our speech and what we say. And uh, our words are very powerful. We're going to talk some more about that uh, tonight or this particular podcast. Uh, we really appreciate everybody uh, supporting it, every, all the good thoughts and the good words that we've had. The feedback has been great. It lets us know that you're interested in what we're doing. And what we're doing here is trying to exalt God's Word. We have utmost belief and faith in the power of God's Word. We believe the more the Word of God it gets out into the community, the more good is going to be done. And so that's what we undertake to do here. And to help us do that, as you know, uh, we have two deacons here. They're off screen, but I assure you they are there. Mark Townsend Jason Reed, they're always here for us. We appreciate their talents and their abilities. They're really good friends and uh, fellow deacons and just really blessing to this congregation and certainly to Bob and me as we conduct this work. So very thankful to have them. Very thankful to have you. Uh, Bob, I'm sure you have some introductory well, thoughts. I, I was going to say, uh, if, if the people are watching the podcast, uh, Mark and Jason are there. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. They were there, that's it. There would yeah, be no podcast that's exactly to right. watch. <laughs> Joe, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, the, world, the world's a, a pretty dark place. There's a right, lot of bad things right. in the world. A lot of bad things are being done. Seems right. especially these days, things getting worse. But there are good people in the world there as are. well. There are. People that appreciate spiritual things. That's and right. People who uh, value God's word, who want to live a life right. that's pleasing to God. And if we can help people along the way, Amen. even just a little bit in that endeavor, well, then it's worth our while. And so we we appreciate that about people out there who who are trying to walk with God. And we hope Amen. to be able to help a little bit. Amen. Well, we had talked for several podcasts in a row about some things that <clears throat> we ought not do with our tongues, and such as lying and profanity and cursing, things of that nature. And that is teaching that is needed. That's important teaching. But we felt that we didn't want to be too unbalanced because there certainly are good things that we can do with our tongues. And we talked at length in one podcast about encouraging one another, lifting people up, uh, encouraging our brothers and sisters in Christ, how necessary that is, how important that is. And the last podcast, we talked about teaching, teaching God's Word, preaching God's Word, sharing God's Word. And uh, I don't think we're done with that subject yet. I want to pick up on that and, and because it's such a powerful thing. First of all, just to think that we have been entrusted uh, with God's Word and have the ability to share that. And one of the points that I want to make uh, during this podcast is just how powerful that Word can be as we share it and how the ramifications can be far-ranging and a lot wider than what you may see initially. So to, to dive into that particular subject and that concept, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 18, and we're going to look at verses 24 through 28, Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 28. And just uh, notice the power of teaching, the power of the spoken word when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, <clears throat> excuse me, showing from the scriptures 
that Jesus is the Christ. And so we're first introduced to this man, Apollos, who's described as a man who is eloquent. So he's very facile. He's very good with his words. But more importantly, he is mighty in the scriptures. This is a man who knew the Old Testament scriptures and was very mighty in those scriptures. And he was teaching. It says he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. And so that's a great thing to have a description of a man speaking and teaching the things that he knew accurately, the things he had understood, the things he had studied. He was getting those right. Now, there was a flaw. And the flaw was he didn't know everything, right? He only knew the baptism of John. He didn't know baptism into Christ. And so Aquila and Priscilla hear this man who is eloquent, who's mighty. They hear him teaching. He's teaching accurately the things that he knows. And they say to themselves, you know, here's an opportunity here. There are some things he doesn't know. And just think the good that he could do for the kingdom in terms of that teaching that he's so skilled at if he were to know those things that he's missing out, the things that have been omitted from his instruction. And so then they take him, the Aquila and Priscilla, <clears throat> they take him aside and they do what? They teach him. They teach him what he doesn't know. He doesn't know about the baptism in Christ. He only knows about the baptism of John. John John's baptism, baptism of repentance, looking unto Christ. So then they do some teaching. So think about it. You've got a teacher who doesn't know some things and you have two Christians doesn't necessarily say that they are preachers or anything of that nature. They're just Christians. And uh, they take him aside and they teach him the way of God more accurately. That's teaching. And then this is the thing I love. After they have done that teaching to the teacher, what does he do? He goes over to Achaia and he greatly helps those who believe through grace. And he vigorously refutes the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. So, and, and we know, if you're a student of the Bible, that Apollos went on to do some powerful work for the Lord in terms of his teaching and his preaching. But the thing that's interesting is what got him started on that road. It's Aquila and Priscilla. They took him aside and they taught him some things that he didn't know. And uh, I just think about all the souls who had been edified, all the souls who came to Jesus through the preaching and the teaching of Apollos, and Aquila and Priscilla had a role to play in that because they took this man aside privately and they taught him the way of the Lord more accurately. And I think that just shows you just how powerful teaching can be. Uh, Bob, I think about in my own life of a similar circumstance where my father was not a Christian and worked at a place with a fellow Christian or with a Christian and was just amazed by the fact that he was always even kill. He was always able to handle the stresses of the job, didn't use profanity, uh, wasn't given to raucous uh, outburst, and, and just was kind of a joyful person, never let anything really get to him. And so he was drawn to that. He was attracted. He was curious about that. So he began spending time with him and talking to him and asking things. And next thing you know, come to find out, he goes to church at, the, uh, at that point, Oak Ridge Church of Christ back in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and uh, he invited my dad to come. And eventually my dad came and my mom came and they got to know the preacher there and they started to engage in Bible studies and next thing you know they obey the gospel of Jesus Christ they bring up my brother and me in that environment and we at the appropriate age we obey uh, the, the the gospel and and we've done some preaching and some teaching and so you just think about that one interaction between my dad's co-worker and him and all the dividends that were paid spiritually. Why? Because of teaching, right? So it's powerful. It, it, it moves in circles. You just don't know. And, and where's the power reside? Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God. The Word of God is living and powerful. So I just, as, as I encourage people, and we're encouraging people to teach, I want you just to realize what you're doing is life-changing, and it may be life-changing for generations. 
Yeah. Just a few words here or there. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't help but think about a couple of things while you were talking there. Um, one is Aquila and Priscilla, what, I mean, was Aquila a rabbi or was he a, an apostle or was he a, 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 a trained orator? Mm-hmm. He's a tent maker. That's right. He and his wife are tent makers. That's it right. seems that they're ordinary people. That's right. That's right. And so uh, Apollos doesn't hear them give a presentation no. before Christ. Mm-hmm. They take him aside and right. just a conversation, a private right. conversation where they're teaching him and, and he's receptive to it. Right. And so he could have had mm-hmm. the, uh, the attitude. He could have. Well, yes. you know, I'm a trained orator. Right. Who are you telling me? And I've been right. studying this all this time. Absolutely. And, but he's, he listens and he's receptive. And so you've got some people who are, who are skilled. I don't mean they're orators. I right. mean, they're skilled with the word. Right. Uh, have an understanding of the gospel. And so they talk to their new acquaintance about that. Right. He's receptive and then one thing leads to another. God gives the increase. Absolutely. So I also thought about John chapter 1. John chapter 1, um, read about about Jesus and some, he encounters John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And uh, verse 37 says, two disciples heard him speak. They followed Jesus. And Jesus turned mm-hmm. and saw them following and said mm-hmm. to them, what do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, right. which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said, we'll come and you'll see. Mm-hmm. So here... These two come and they spend time with Jesus. Right. Well, verse 40, one of the two heard John speak and followed him mm-hmm. was Andrew, Simon mm-hmm. Peter's brother. Right, right. He found first his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we found the Messiah. Right. How many sermons of Andrew yeah. are recorded in the New Testament? None. <laughs> I've looked through here and right. I haven't found the book of Andrew right. yet. Now, maybe it's in there somewhere, <laughs> but I haven't found it yet. Now, we know uh, right. Andrew was an apostle, sure. and he did a lot of teaching right. and all of that. Right. But just think of the teaching that Peter did. Exactly. And how did Peter come to know Christ? Andrew. That's Andrew right. said, we found we yeah. found the Christ. That's right. And so these are just, just people who are disciples of Jesus right. who can see an opportunity. Amen. And then just through ordinary, just common conversation. Right. Uh, they have enough skill with the Word. They, they can lead people and direct them into learning what they need to know. That's exact. And, and and really, and we said earlier, the power is in the word. I find that sometimes people get discouraged from teaching because they believe that the power is in the skill of the teacher. Well, obviously there is some facility with words that people have, but the ultimate power to save the souls of men resides in the Word of God. And when you know that, then that should encourage you to be able to use that power. I think about the book of Acts, which is replete with so many examples that illustrate that power that all of us have access to if we're just willing to do it. Acts chapter 5, I love the way the juxtaposition of Acts chapter 5, the end of that, the beginning of Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Of course, we know the chapter breaks are a little bit artificial, and this is probably one uh, where it would have been better to keep it together. But uh, they've already had this situation where they've been imprisoned because they had the audacity to preach and teach in the name of Christ, have been instructed not to do so. You had that great statement, Acts 5, 29. Peter says, we ought to obey God rather than man. There's no way they're going to start preaching the gospel. So when they're left, when they leave the presence of those, let's start with verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple in every house, listen to this, they did not cease teaching 
and preaching Jesus as the Christ. The very things that they had been arrested for, <laughs> the very reason that they had been brought before the council, the very reason they had been beaten, the very reason they had been scolding was teaching and preaching. And they get out from under that. And what do they do? They go right back to teaching and preaching. And they do it from house to house. They do it daily in the temple. And then Acts 6.1 says, Now in those days, the days of them teaching in the temple, the days of them going house to house, teaching and preaching, now in those days when the number Number of the disciples was multiplying. I don't think that's a coincidence that on the heels of that daily appetite or daily diet of teaching, 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 what happens? Souls are one to Jesus Christ. That's the power of the gospel. And then you go down to Acts 6, 7. This is another example of that. Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So again, what does teaching do? It changes people's lives. You spread the word of God. How do you spread the word of God? You teach it. How do you spread the word of God? You preach it. How do you share the word of God? You, you, you share it with other people. He says, when that happens, there's this correlation. More disciples are one to Christ. More people obey the gospel. And then to emphasize just how powerful that word is that we're teaching and preaching, he says, even a great many of the priests we would think they would be the least likely people. These are the ones that were responsible for persecuting the church and, and certainly putting Jesus to death. He said a great many of those folks were obedient to the gospel. What does that tell you? That word of God that we have is very powerful. Everybody can share that word. Don't worry about the fact, well, I'm not the best on my feet and I'm not good with people and I'm not quick and I wasn't the best student. Do you know the Word of God? That's all you need. Spend time in that Word. It's so powerful. We want to encourage people. Look at how just the simple application of God's Word changed people's lives. And we can all do that, every single one of us. Kevin, I, I would say sometimes it's as simple as, how about coming to church with me? Yeah, that's just right. Just extend that yeah. invitation, yeah. and then people come, and they're introduced to yes. you. Know, one, you know, we hope that one thing leads leads to another. Amen. Well, I got a question for you. What, what things hinder folks from reaching out and mm -hmm. teaching people? If we can, if yeah. I can identify in my yeah. life, you know, this is, this is a real obstacle to me. Mm -hmm. Well, then if I can identify that, maybe I can overcome that or yeah. at least take steps to overcome it. Yeah, certainly in my life, one of the things I've found is fear of rejection. Uh, you fear that people are not going to accept the message that you... And you may have had some experiences. I remember mm -hmm. shortly after obeying the gospel in, a high, in school, uh, I, I tried to share the gospel with several of my friends and was ridiculed and made fun of. And it was so discouraging. It was so disheartening. I had to really find myself because I got to the point where I was like, if that's going to be the reaction, then I'm not going to teach anymore. And you've got to resist that. Yes, people are going to reject the gospel. Yes, people are going to turn away. But it's almost like what uh, God told Samuel, hey, it's not about you. It's about me. Don't worry about that. They're rejecting yeah. me. They're not rejecting yeah. you. Yeah. So I think the fear of rejection, the fear of retaliation, the fear of persecution, sometimes there's a feeling of inadequacy in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We think we're not good enough. I'm not, I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough on my feet. And we can basically intimidate ourselves out of teaching, saying, I, I'm just not the person to do that. Other people are more gifted. Uh, sometimes it's just a, a sense of maybe not being, um, I don't know, uh, comfortable with other people. 
Uh, sometimes certain personalities are more comfortable people than others. If you're not comfortable speaking to others, then it might be more difficult for you to open your mouth and talk about the gospel. So I think all those fear of rejection, lack of comfort, lack of confidence in self, all those things can be hindrances to your ability to preach. And they might ask me a question I don't know the answer to. Yeah, you know, that's right. That, that, can, that can be a hindrance right. to people. What if they ask me something I don't know the answer that's to? Right. That's Let's right. Let's just say I don't know. That's exactly right. I don't right. know, but we can come back to that. That's exactly We and, know where to and go. So, <laughs> and then you, you learn from that. You that's know, right. you kind of think about that you prepare you come back to it and it may be that you try to teach somebody else they ask you the same question That's now, right. now you're ready yeah, you know yeah so if we can identify those areas in our own lives that that hinder us right well then we can work on that well you know i'm not real comfortable okay well i need to i need to work on that's that right. and, and try to be a little bit more uh, assertive. That's right. Uh, if that's the right word, or you know, I'm not knowledgeable enough. Well, okay. Well, you can, we can learn. That's exactly. And right. so, don't let those weak areas uh, prevent us from reaching out to others. Just try Amen. to strengthen them. That's right. And like you said, you know, you trust in the word. That's you sow right. that seed. You trust in the word that it'll bear fruit. Well, and one of the things that you're talking about, things that can help you. I've looked at other areas in my life. There are certain subjects that I know a whole lot about, and I am very confident, and I talk to anybody and everybody about. Well, if I can do that with those subjects, and for me, it might be SEC football, uh, it might be professional football, it might be sports, it might be politics. Well, if we can do that with those subjects, how much more so the Word of God? So maybe what we need to do is spend a little more time in this, get a little more interested in this, and it just naturally flows. You want to talk about the things you're interested in, right? Uh, I know our time's out, but this I, I heard somebody uh, advise this approach I thought it was a really good suggestion. Sometimes we'll get into a conversation and and this person that we're in the conversation with, they, they want to talk about this subject and mm -hmm. we don't know very much about it. Right. Okay, see if you can direct the conversation yeah. back into yeah, that like part that. of the Bible that you that know you're comfortable something with. Yes. about. Yeah. And uh, that happens sometimes. People want to take uh, pretty obscure passages yeah. and build a, an entire system right. on them. And Book of really, Revelation. We really don't know. <laughs> Like, I might not know very much about that. Right. Okay, try to get that conversation back to yeah. this. The, these are the subjects that I know something about. That's right. Try to uh, kind of focus that conversation in that area. I right. think that would be helpful. And I, and I know we are out of time. Wait, one last comment. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go on all time. Jason and Mark are laughing at us over there. <laughs> but, but here's the, something that everybody knows who's a Christian. You know what you did to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you can talk about that. Yeah. You may not know all the intricacies of high theology, but you know what it meant to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what it meant to be in darkness, living under the domain of Satan. And you know what it means to come out of that, as we talked about before, being translated out of darkness into the kingdom of marvelous light. You know what that means in your own life. And so you can talk about those things and then talk about the scriptural basis for those things. Hey, I heard the word because of this. I believed the word because of this. I repented because of this. I confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God because of this. I was baptized into Christ because of all these things. You can tie your own personal experience experience to scripture and then use that as a platform to start talking about religious things but we are way way out of time thank you for being patient with us on the podcast we'll try to be more mindful of our limitations going forward uh bob you have any closing comments you want to make no just uh, as we said i think last time you know you look for that up you pray for the opportunity right. you keep your eyes open you look for it and try to see the opportunity seize the opportunity and sow that seed and uh, God give God will give the increase. Amen. Amen. Well, we always end our podcast with a prayer, and so I'm going to ask Brother Bob to lead us in that prayer. Okay, let's pray together. 
Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for all the good things that you do for us each day. We're thankful for our daily provision, the food that we have to eat, the, the housing that we, that we have. Uh, we're, we're thankful for the relationships that we enjoy with family and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we're thankful for the great blessings that you've bestowed upon us in Christ. We're thankful that we can have fellowship with you, that our, our sins can be forgiven, that uh, we uh, have access to the blood of Christ. And Father, we're, we're thankful that uh, we can be numbered among your children, that we can be disciples of our Lord. Father, we pray that you'll help us in our pursuit of holiness, that we'll become more and more like you in holiness. And Father, particularly, we're thinking about the use of our tongue and our ability to speak. It's such a great blessing that you've blessed us with, Father, the ability to communicate our thoughts one to another. And we pray that we'll use it for good and not for ill. Help us to see the opportunities that we have to, to share the gospel of Christ with others. We pray that those doors of opportunity will be open to us. And help us, Father, to pay attention to what's going on around us and be prepared and be ready to sow the seed when we have that opportunity. Father, we pray that you'll give us wisdom, uh, that, you'll, uh, that we will tell people what you want us to tell them in the way that you want us to tell them, and that uh, uh, we'll, our speech will always be with grace and seasoned with salt, and that we'll take advantage of the opportunity as, 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 we, as we see them, as they're presented to us. Father, we're thankful that there have been those in the past who have taught us and that we have benefited from their efforts, that we are part of the kingdom, and that we have the hope of eternal life. And help us, Father, then to take that and, and shine that light uh, through us, the light of Christ through us, into the hearts of others, so that they might have that hope as well. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.